Mr. Sunman, bring me a dream, give me a job that I never seen. Good morning, good night, good evening, and welcome to the Random Podcast. With your hosts, Melty Scarlet and Crimson Hermit, whatever the hell you call me. Um, so, let's, uh, let's keep things a little bit simple, and uh, let's go with status updates. So, I don't know what episode this is. I want to say it's 23. I still have to relaunch. I have to redo episode 18, or 17, 18, or whatever. Um, I have to go through that hour-long audio process, you know, basically edit out the stuff that, you know, is just me rambling, not really making coherent points, whatever, even though most of my podcast is me making incoherent points. I mean, I'm better off just fucking being drunk at this point. Um, but, and then there's another episode. I don't think I saved it. I think I was just so disappointed. Like, I want to say, like, midway through it, I just, I got distracted. Someone started contacting me. I forgot to mute my phone. I just got a bunch of messages because, you know, apparently, you know, people's favorite way of contacting me is just fucking spamming one fucking letter at a time, forming a word, just hitting enter after every fucking letter, just to form a big ass string of notifications. I'm just like, if you don't shut the fuck up. I mean, like, geez, just send me one message. Send me a text. You have my number. Anyways, that being aside, uh, yeah, that that cast was just really just disappointing. Um, and it's 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 something that could have been avoided with a few mutes here and there, you know. But at the same time, I was like, ah, eh, I got some time. It's just twenty minutes, you know. But it's it was a it was going to be a conversation about uh, magic and like literature, like in manga anime and in writing because uh someone i follow on twitter actually writes and you should give him a shout out i mean i i guess this is a shout out um but i'll, I'll put the link in the the links i'll have to update some of the links uh good thing i actually put in the episode description so i need to update the links but regardless with that being said um so Fun fact, fun fact. Uh, like I said, I still work at fast food. I'm just like, whatever with that at this point. But at the same time, like, it is a serious... It does pose a couple of introspection analysis on myself. Because it's like, I'm making some mistakes at work uh, that could have been honestly quite avoided, avoided in the first place by just asking a couple questions. And it's... You know, a lot of times you're like, oh, you know, we, well, you should ask questions. A lot of times in the heat of moment, you know, when you're put on pressure, you kind of forget. And it's like you have to condition yourself to just know under pressure, like, what happens? And it's just like you get tempered by, what was it, trial by fire or just thrown to the wolves in that case in which some people just, like, leave you to your own devices and be like, all right, toodaloo. Uh, make do what you got. And a lot of times, personally, I'm just like, okay, this is really annoying me. Um, so, with that being said, it was just... How do I say it? <sighs> Looking back, I want to say, in like... I want to say the situation this morning. It wasn't really a situation, it was just an honest mistake. Um, I should have clarified to double-check to see if that was the correct policy employee wasn't scheduled, I clocked them in, and I'm like, huh, normally when they clock in, they are paid for, like, two, four hours, and then I have to, 
and after that they can go home. Um, so they at least work because they clocked in, and then it's it's weird because it's like this was the policy I want to say I read in the stu- well not the student handbook, uh, the employee handbook when I got hired, but. You know, it might have been a different policy. It might have been, like, overlap with my other job, to be completely honest with you. Um, yeah, it's it's awkward. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. I might have got the policies mixed up. And, you know, in hindsight, it happens. You know, now I know that's not the policy. I can just send people home. And with that being said, you know, lesson learned. You know, mistakes were made. And I'll avoid it. And a lot of people think, like, oh, when you make a mistake, it's it's the end of the world. No. If you didn't make mistakes and you were perfect all the time, that's one of the things where it's like, okay, that's suspicious. Because the thing is, like, if someone was perfect and, like, not making any mistakes, then there's something really wrong. Because... I mean, this might just, like, give more key insight on, like, my mentality or my um, view on people, but at the same time, it's like, if everything was perfect, right, at all times, and this person is just performing perfectly with high, you know, standards, they're doing something to cut steps to make it easy. I mean, even if someone's, like... In the beginning, you know, they're stumbling along the way, and then, you know, it builds up. Okay, that makes sense. But if out of nowhere, like, they're just constantly just messing up, and it's, like, something that, you know, happens, and then just out of nowhere, they just work perfectly, that means either two things. One, they have the capacity at the same, the entire time to work, you know, follow the rules and make do, and then there's a, the other one is just, you know, they're doing something to make it look like they're doing the job, and... That means, in some way, steps are being skipped that might be detrimental in the long run. Like, how do I say it? Let's say this, right? Now, let's say um, a shift is supposed to clean the floors, and they're supposed to pull out different equipment and, and whatnot. And they just, like, they just clean the floor, but they don't pull out the equipment. Eventually, when it gets to the point where, you know, that hasn't been cleaned behind there, when they do clean it, or, you know, something happens, like, you know, somehow a mouse or rat gets in, and they call them exterminators, and the exterminators pull out the equipment to put, you know, uh, pest control devices in the back, and they see it's completely filthy, just, you know, the questions ask, I thought the floors were being cleaned, and they're like, oh, uh, and, the, you know, it, it, that's just one example, I'm not saying that it happens, but sometimes, you know. Um, with that being said, it's a little bit weird because I personally, um, I see it as like, you know, I make a joke every time, like, I think my store is doing like, oh, all the stores are doing like this charity thing, um, for a charity organization. It's like, it's for a disease. I'm not... I'm being vague on purpose because I don't want people to figure out where I work. I mean, I'm trying... It's privacy. I like some type of privacy, you know? Especially in this day and age. Um, Because I am Googleable. It's sad. I'm personally Googleable. If you knew my name and you Google it, I appear in several places. Um, But, you know, not to my own horn. I'm just saying, like, I don't want people to be like, oh, I know this person. Like, 
I do this podcast as a way, as a platform of expressing my thoughts. I want to build it up, you know, no one knowing who I am and just know my thoughts. Because if you assign the thoughts and the, you know, voice to the person, um, it, it creates image because like, I know personally, and this is a, and this, this was an experiment I did, um, especially when I did, uh, I did a fundraising thing at my job. I, I noticed like, you know, I did percentage of sales, right? So I can change my voice somewhat. I can make it appear like I can make my appear my voice appear more feminine. I can make my voice appear more masculine. It's it's just a difference of how I talk and it's how I project my voice. Now with that being said, I found out that for the charity thing you sell um coupons basically. Um now with that being said, the less or the less feminine I sound, the less I sell. The more feminine I sound, the more I sell. And same thing in person. So if I talk to them in person, and it seems like I'm talking, you know, coherently, I'm talking smooth, I'm talking with confidence, a lot of people will be either, you know, if it's, I hate to say it, sex sells. It's like one of the basic things in marketing. People are more likely to trust a woman than a black male that's six foot tall, <laughs> buff. <laughs> well, I'm not buff. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm chubby. I got myself a beer belly, but at the same time, <laughs> like my shoulders are broad and I stand up straight and, you know, I talk confidently and I always do eye contact. Now I understand it's intimidating. Like I want to say like during my interviews, like I keep eye contact and I don't like, sometimes I forget to blink and I like, because most of the time in a conversation and job, like in a job interview, what I do is I sit down and I already did a little research before I look at employee reviews. I look at the mission statement of the company. I look at, you know, different aspects of like information I can get publicly without having to pay. And, you know, then I, I look at the position. I look at the market price. So like when I say market price, I mean like the actual, um, salary, uh, if they pay, like, let's say, you know, in the industry for this job, they pay, on average, they pay $15 an hour. Now, this job pays $18 an hour. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That's a great, that's a great starting point. But wait, hold on. What am I, what am I getting myself into? That's why I go and look. And I'm like, look at the employee reviews. Look how, you know, look at different things. Outlets, Glassdoor, Indeed, um, excuse me. Um, different job search boards, you know, Reddit, if, if possible. Um, and from there, I'm just like, okay, from this, let's see, they have a high turnover rate. Why? Okay. If it's problems with upper management, let me see. And it's just like, okay, some people leave comments, some people, you know, and then I kind of, I kind of peep the, the thing is I kind of peep. If there's no response from the company, then I'm like, okay, so it could just be a disgruntled employee. Let's give them a chance. You know, I'll give, give them a trial period. That 90 days probationary period is not for just you. It's for you. It's not just, it's not, basically, a lot of people think when you do a 90 day probation period, like, oh, I'm a probie. Okay, cool. Now, that's the thing. You're a probie, but, and that's them taking this time of 90 days to see how you work, to see who you are as a person, and see, different aspects of like, okay, this is where their weaknesses is, these are strengths, does this match up what we learn about in interviews, does this match up with their job, you know, 
their job references, their skills, like, are they asking questions, are they trying to get the, the gist of things, are they trying to get the lay of the land, are they, like, are they able to, you know, adapt and hit the ground running? These little questions add up to the form, you know, their impression of you. Now, the flip side can occur. You can be like, you can, you can go in there, you can bust your ass, you can, you know, be the model boy, but if you are slowly just getting more and more work pushed onto you because you're capable and other workers are not, and they're, you know, if they miss a benchmark or they miss a, a quota, you know, they get off scot-free, but then if you miss it, they're like, well, your probation, this looks bad, and it turns out that, you know, the reason why you missed it is because, you know, manager A didn't want to put all this work on this person, so they moved the work to you, so all their clients had to go to their... It's like, it, it, it's a little situation like that, and I, I, I say this vaguely, and I'm not, you know, making this specific at all, and I'm not saying it happened to me, I'm just saying in these types of cases, you want to look like, okay, if I work here, how's this going to affect my w- mental health? How's this going to affect my emotional health? And how's this going to affect my social life? Because the thing is, those three are inter- inter-correlated, um, or interconnected, because... Your physical health is how much stress you're going to get working that job to meet the quotas, to meet the additional workload because things are being pushed on you, right? And that includes, like, you know, if you have to stay over for overtime, that gives you less time. Overall, like, let's say you work a normal 9 to 5, but you leave at 8, that means, you know, you have to, like, generally speaking, let's say you work 9 to 5, right? And you leave at 8. So you get home, depending on the commute, let's say it's, it's, let's say gracefully, it's like a 30 minute commute, right? So that's an hour commute overall. So yeah, that means you have to leave. You, you're supposed to come in at nine. That means you want to show up around 8.50. That means you need to leave by 8.20, meaning you want to wake up around seven. I say an hour and a half before you, well, I want to say Okay, seven, six, fifty, six, forty. You want to give yourself around an hour or a half before the commute to, you know, shower, get ready, um, prep for the day, you know, eat breakfast, because, you know, straight up, you're going to have to eat breakfast, because otherwise you won't have interest, you won't have energy. Don't eat, like, a heavy breakfast. Eat something that's going to give you a lot of energy, and, you know, you can do a quick workout to wake yourself up. Then, you know eat breakfast, and then shower, and then get everything ready, go to work, you know, do your thing, and then let's say, you had to, because you're getting additional workloads, you have to stay later, and let's say you leave at 8. Now, if you leave at 8, you're like, well, shit, okay, now I can't really do anything, I can't, you know, most of my day is gone, because you want to bet, you want at least 8 hours sleep, you have to wake up at 6, you have to go to bed around 10, right? 10, 10.30. So, that's two hours. That's two hours, you know, eat dinner. And it's not really healthy to eat dinner after nine. Eh, you know, your body starts... It depends on your sleep cycle, metabolism, you know. I'm not I'm not a health expert, but I'm just saying. Uh, you want to avoid eating after nine, that means you have, like, hour, and sometimes you don't have time to prep. And this is why a lot of people turn to meal prep. And it's a great thing to do, because it allows you on your day off to cook. I mean, most of your day is... Go- dedicated to cooking, but then you have your meals portioned out, so, you know, you don't have to worry about meals, and you save money in the long term. But, at the same time, when you think about it like this, let's say you didn't have time for meal prep. Let's say you had to come in on your days off. And this is why I'm going back to physical health, because 
all that builds up fatigue. If you don't have days off or you have split days off, that means you don't actually have a moment to stagger, you know, spend a whole day recovering the next day, you know, getting everything ready and then go going back into the fray. It gets ment- it gets draining. It mentally well, it physically drains you because you're not able to actually recover, have a good rest, and then switching over to the actual um mental aspect, it's you know, depending on how much stroke work it is, what type of work, it could be uh repetitive, it could be it, it it could change a lot of things. It, it could just mentally drain you because of stress, you know, the from meeting deadlines, from just, you know, work interactions, you know, harassment from coworkers, harassment from managers. Because, like, let's be real. Not all managers are qualified to be managers. Sometimes it's, you know, they're in the right place at the right time or it's who they knew, you know. So I'm not, you know, discrediting all managers. I'm not saying they all, you know, some of them don't deserve to be. Some people work their way up, and that's that's completely commendable. But at the same time, like some people are dicks about it. Some people take it out on their underlings. Sometimes, you know, they let the power go to their head and they start power tripping, and it makes it stressful for you because you're like, okay, so I already don't get enough rest. I have to spend most of my life at work, and it's just like it drains away now. Here's the funny thing. It's a negative feedback. So you're already tired as it is because you're always you're always working and you're mentally drained because you don't get time to rest and all the stress from work. Your personal life suffers. It's like a, a negative feedback into the personal life because you don't have time for friends. You don't have time to go out. You know, you rather you have to make sure you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's it's a little bit of a weird. Um, it's a weird continuous cycle until one day you just break it and you're like wait a lot of people stay in the cycle and they spend their whole life and it's it's the grind the nine to five grind and this is this is basically american dream like in a nutshell like a lot there's other aspects but like in the most boiled down water down explanation what i just explained to you is the american dream a, a, a consistent grind of just working nine to five or doing this and you have to factor in other things. And that's why I go back to the whole 90 day thing is because during those 90 days, you have to ask yourself like, do I, am I okay doing this? The money might be good, but at the same time, like, can I do better? Will I be happy doing this? Is it stressful? No. Yes. Like you have to ask yourself several questions. And with that being said, like once you ask these questions, you kind of just, you look at yourself and you're like, okay, is this a good fit for me or is this in the long run just going to make me burn out? Because burnout is a burnout is a bitch. Straight up, burnout's a bitch. That's when you're like, you're just mentally gone. You just don't care. You cut corners. You don't care about all the rules, regulations. You just do what gets done. You do the minimum. You don't step up. And this is how the mentality of, well, that's not my job. That's above my pay grade or, you know. You can tell it to that person because they're in charge of that. It, it, that type of mentality, instead of working as a team, it's just kind of like, I'll just do what's needed and everyone else can do whatever. And it's it's an interesting it's an interesting aspect when you think of it like that because at that point, it, it falls on the company and it falls on like HR because part of HR, I mean, I, I hate to say it, like if you can't address work, environment like the work culture there to you know prevent burnout then that's a failure on well not just hr but 
upper management as well, but mainly HR because they're the main ones that are, you know, going off and doing things properly. Now, um, with that being said, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. And now that I've been at my job for around six months, I started in August, um, let me check real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, seven, around seven months. I've been here around seven months. Uh, started in August, got promoted basically by October, started in shift manager position in November, and I've been a shift manager since. So that's like one, two, three, four, four months as shift manager. Yeah. You know, I made some mistakes. I learned. You know, it's it's a different it's a different setting. It's a different work environment that I'm used to. Um, it's a great place to learn because not everyone comes in with work ethic, and it's kind of like they take cues from other people. And it's like if you have people that are burnt out, then the new people are going to take those. And then like you know, office politics. Oh God, don't uh, I don't even want to go into office politics. To be completely honest with you, because that's a that's a podcast in itself. That's a headache in itself. Like, it's it's really, it's really annoying. And, you know, I, I look at this and I'm just like, you know, eh. But, nonetheless, it's, it's really interesting because I just, I feel bad, but I don't. I don't. I don't really feel bad. Because I'm learning more, personally. And, yes, at this point, if you haven't noticed, yeah, I lost the original point I made before I went to the rant about, you know, personal health. uh, Like, physical, mental, and... Personal life? Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) that being said, uh, one thing I do want to point out, and... Oh, Jesus Christ. I I look at this every time. Like, (sighs) sometimes when you work for a company, you see problems. You see problems that are illegal. You see problems that aren't right. You see nepotism. You see so-and-so. How do you approach that? will make or break your experience there. If you go in there all guns blazing, people will hate you because now people have to actually work. Now people have to actually deal with a problem that no one really complained about until you got there. And that makes things difficult. Um, And, I mean, it happens. You gotta you gotta approach it with some tact, but you also have to you know draw your bottom line. Like you know, if this continues, you know, take it up with management. And if they really don't feel like it, then you're just like, okay, we're gonna be real with this. This is not gonna work. This is going on, and you're like, I'm not dealing with this. And you have to be able to step up and talk about it. But But at the same time, um, it's, it's, 
it, it brings a lot of thought. It, it brings a lot of thought. And I know um, at this point in my life, I'm like, what? Shit, 26 turning 27? It's just, it's whatever. It, it's truly whatever, because I don't really... I don't really see a, a issue in a lot of things. Um, I see things as learning experience and, you know, a way to improve myself. And, you know, I, I'm never... A lot of times, like, I think, like, am I stagnant? Oh, oof. Am I stagnant because I'm scared that once I hit my dream, I will... For, I will lose ambition to go further. And it's it's weird because it's like... I haven't really, in my opinion, I haven't really accomplished anything, and I, I feel like I'm approaching the cusp of a midlife crisis because it's like, okay, I have the ability to go back to college, but I have to make these strides, I have to make these concessions, and I have to, you know, overcome these obstacles to get back in that I set up because I set myself up for failure. I'm not gonna lie, I set myself up for failure. The the decisions I made, the the choices I made, were done by me and me alone. And with that being said, eh. You live and you learn, but at the same time, it just, I, it seems more like self-sabotage the more I think about it, and it's discouraging. Like, right now, I have a job, I have a job, uh, I have all my bills paid, I have a roof on my head, I can live a comfortable thing, and I don't really live beyond my means. Um, I don't really struggle paycheck to paycheck. Because I realize, like, I don't really need to do this. I don't really need to eat at this, you know, all this comfort foods, whatever. Like, it's I'm stressed out. And I just, when I figure out, when I, when I realize I'm stressed out, I stop and I think, what can I do to make myself feel better? What can I do to, to get rid of this? And at that point, I'm just kind of like, okay, so it's, I'm stressed out because of this. Okay, so... Why am I stressed out? What's what specifically makes this so stressful? Oh, because things aren't going my way. Okay, so why aren't things going my way? What constitutes this going my way in your life? And 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 then for, from there, I'm just kind of like, okay, the conversation with myself devolves into, you know, okay, so I find this is the issue. This is the first step of the problem. Now, what's the next step? What can I do? To alleviate the stress, what can I do to make it better? And this is when the planning, this is when I, you know, sit down and think. I'm like, okay, this is what happens, this is what's needed, this is what blah, blah, blah. So, um, at that point, I'm just like, okay, cool. Grand, grandy, you know? And I just, I just, you know, work on issues one by one until the stress is gone, and then I can focus more on myself. Um... It's I feel I feel at this point in my life I want to succeed but I'm scared to and it comes down to priorities like I know I I, I okay kind of is a lie I know that I rather have someone along with me for the journey because I feel like if someone's with me when I start it and I build myself up, then the achievements are worth more because to me, growing up, I mean, I, I've gotten countless awards for academics, blah, 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 and it never meant anything because 
I don't think I mentioned this before. Um, I was always living in the shadow of my my elder sister, and I mean, with that being said, it's just it it changed a lot. Of, it changed a lot of aspects. It changed the whole mentality of, about getting achievements because it's I never paid attention to them. I never paid in mind. So when a lot of times people are like, "Oh, so what do you do?" I remember one of the most defining moments for me was when someone's like, okay, you're when I was giving out my resume, they're like, okay, so what have you achieved? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, what have you achieved that changed the game? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, well, how your resume is worded, it feels like you're just more of a doer. You get things done. You don't really achieve. You don't change the system. And it's, it's weird because it's like, I do, when I come in, I try to, I try to look at the system, see how I can contribute, how do can I make this better? Now, with that being said, that mentality is a little bit dangerous in certain areas, in certain industries, because a lot of times, they're more, they want more doers than achievers, because achievers will challenge the system, they will challenge the way, the set, the status quo, they will actually strive to improve things, and that means some of the lax policies that or you know that's been either neglected or ignored to make things to improve the quality of life will have to you know be reinforced making things difficult for everyone and souring it until a more feasible solution occurs and when with that in mind when they said you know well list some things you've done and I've done a lot I've done a lot, and it to me because I have the mentality of my achievements don't mean anything because they don't seem like a big impact in my life. They don't seem like a big how do I say it? They don't seem like uh, not worthwhile, but more like they don't seem they don't seem like okay. So I did this. I. I organized an event in five minutes, raised $400, you know, with a turnout, you know, got a sponsorship for it, you know, made, designed a t-shirt myself, basically did entire logistics to myself, by myself, in the span of, like, five minutes plan, and a little bit of legwork, and boom, got it done, had it achieved, had my dreams achieved in this time. I went into a company revitalized their documentation system, implemented a check and balance system, you know, went through, normalized all their previous documents, you know, got everything in order, brought everything up to standard by myself in two months and then oversaw everything for a month before, you know, a lot of people felt, you know... (sighs) I do a lot of things. I understand that I'm a multifaceted individual because I have different hobbies and I I study different things to be more well-rounded. Um, I know in my mission statement, I put, uh, I want to be part of a team and I like, ultimately I want to be able to come in and everyone's like, Oh, thank God this person's here. Melty's here, you know? Um, mainly cause <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I formed my mission statement off of, uh, uh, that old cartoon uh, underdog 
Because every time he popped up, he's like, have no fear. Underdog is here. And that, you know, as a child, I was like, this shit's dope. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like, and I, I achieved that at one point. Like, I remember um, when I worked at Walmart, I remember after I got let go because my customer service manager told the told the manager that it wasn't worth it wasn't worthwhile keeping me because I was going back to college in a different city. And I got let go. And, you know, because the manager thought, you know, the person was lying, they, they approached me like, hey, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Reapply in two weeks. Because that was after the start of the semester. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, reapply in two weeks. And when we, you'll get rehired, no questions asked, but you'll be promoted to customer service manager. Because we've seen your work ethic, we've seen you handle situations, we see you react to pressure, and some of the customer service managers sat there and laughed because they see the times where things would hit the fan and you would just have a smirk on your face and you're like, alright, let's let's handle this. Because, you know, sometimes I panic, sometimes I don't, and sometimes I panic initially and I'm like, wait, and I calm down, I think, I'm like, alright, let's do this, and I... It, it brings a smile to a face. I'm like, all right, this is how we're going to do this, and this is the plan. Now huddle up, people. Let's get this shit done. Um, and at the time, in retrospect, you know, I didn't think much of it. But now, as I grow older, and I'm, you know, starting to realize the impact of what I achieve in correlation to my image. And I project it. I mean, a lot of your image is how you project it. Like, you know, if you have, like, wild hair. Like, if you're running around, you know, talking really intelligently, but you look like, you know, uh, someone that doesn't really take care of themselves. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I take care of myself to a degree. I mean, I, I am chubby. I have beer belly. But, you know, I use facial creams. I use cocoa butter. The finest of cocoa butters, by the way. <laughs> I have... It takes me like 10 minutes to shampoo and condition my hair. I have a, le- a leave-in conditioner after the fact. Like, I comb it out. Like, I like my hair. Like, I don't really do anything that, like, harms it. I try to keep it as natural as possible. Um, and I... You know, I wash my face. I shave. I apply different, you know... You know, I, I do a lot of treatments. Like, I had a face school mask for a while until uh, I ran out, and I was like, I don't feel like buying this anymore. Like, I take long baths. Like, I, I do stuff to, like, make myself feel better because the healthier I feel, the less stressed I am, the healthier I am. I want to say the best thing, the only thing I don't really do is, one, I don't really have a set hairstyle. My hair is, like, not an afro. It's just kind of there because um, it's curly, and it's it's a bitch to tame, and I don't drink enough water. I drink more water, oh, and I, I mean, I know I have a couple health conditions, um, that could probably be solved if I went to the doctor, but, you know, I just have this irrational fear of being told, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we checked your blood. Like, uh, like, I have a fear of getting diabetes. I, I don't know why, I, I guess it's because in high school I used to drink, like, two, three gallons of soda a fucking day, stealing soda from McDonald's and Jack in the Box and KFC all the fucking time. Oh my god. 
like I want to blame McDonald's. I, I I just want to say to this day I still blame McDonald's for my fear of diabetes because back in the summer, back when again I was in high school, I want to say my tenth grade year, between my tenth and eleventh, or just my tenth, McDonald's had a fucking promotion where you could get refills for twenty five fucking cents. Now you might not think much of that, but I would literally walk up, pay twenty five cents with a cup I had since the other day. My backpack used to have like three to four cups in my backpack, right? And I used to have fucking sanitizing wipes, and like I clean them, I go home clean them. I had oh my god! <laughs> before before the end of this podcast, let me let me tell you about let me tell you about my backpack back in the day. All right. So first off, I had this big ass backpack. It was heavy duty backpack because. You know, I had a rough life in high school. Um, but I literally had, I always had my backpack. Disposable spoons, disposable forks, disposable knives, some napkins, some alcohol wipes, hand sanitizer, fucking, uh, breast spray, all my books, paper, assortment of pens, soda caps, now you're like soda caps, you know, like on the Coca Cola bottles, like the the little, you know, the plastic bottles, the little things. I had a bunch of those, and since those fit different things, I had some Gatorade caps. You know, you never know. You might lose your cap. Boom, I have one, and it's just, <laughs> and I had that, and I carry that all the time. And it's like I want to contribute part of my um, stature. I mean, I have bad posture, but a lot of my like foundations and like training and whatnot. Like weight training and martial arts because I care it was like Master Roshi, I had a big ass backpack. But um with that being said, like I, I I was that kid, I was that nerd that always had like everything in my fucking backpack. You never know. You know? What happened if you had to take a leak? There's no bathrooms, but there's some bushes right there. Don't worry, I got some hand I got some hand sanitizer for you. I'm that guy. I got you, bruh. I gotcha. Um but, you know, with that being said, like yeah, like, they had fucking 25-cent refills, and I used to drink soda, like, we would sit there, like, you know, it was 44 ounces, let me, let me look that shit up real quick, um, so, how many ounces in a quart? Okay, so one quart is is thirty two ounces, right? Four quarts is one hundred twenty eight. One hundred twenty eight divided by forty four two. So about two about three cups, right? I drink like three cups would be a gallon, right? So, if it's three cups, right, that's one gallon. I drink about ten cups, so that's another three. So, three cups, I mean, about nine cups, uh, three is a gallon. So, I drink like three gallons of soda a day. Well, not a day, I mean one period, a short amount of period. Um, yeah, it was just, you know... With that being said, it's 
it's kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, that that's one of my fears. And I know I have a hyperthyroid problem. I just don't feel like going to the blooder because I was like, oh, you're pre-diabetic. And I'd be like, oh, no. I know it's not my own life. I just diet changes and, you know, watch what I eat. And more exercises. It's not, it's not a death sentence. But, you know, personal fears. I know people are scared of the dentist. I'm scared of being told I'm diabetic. Even though I probably am. But at the same time, I manage my my health by, you know, properly eating, proper exercise, and I just need to drink more water. But besides the point, um, this rambled on a little bit longer than I wanted. So, uh, in closing, just remember, when you're looking for a new job, do thorough research, use that 90-day probationary period to assess if the job's right for you, does this affect your life in the right, a positive light or negative light. And other than that, just, you know... Don't <laughs> don't be afraid to improve yourself. Don't be afraid to work towards achievements. Don't pr- don't be afraid to challenge the status quo in moderation. Um, but with that being said, this is Melty Scarlet or the Crimson Hermit. This is the Random Podcast, and as usual, stay classy and. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Henshin a go go, baby.